Welcome back to On the Table podcast. Um, On the Table was inspired by conversations held over at Built Body Works. We've talked about business, successes, failures, life, and I wanted a platform for them to be able to share their stories with you. So today we got on Ty Fox. Ty, geez, Ty, I've known Ty since like what, 2015? 2016 time yeah i know crazy um ty is not only the owner of a solar company Mm -hmm. one of um one of okay and not sole owner i can't take it (laughs) good okay we we got that covered (laughs) Um, i'm not smart enough for that (laughs) no way dude (laughs) um you've had quite a journey i love it and i like that part of your social media is your finance friday tips Mm -hmm. Side note, it's Friday, so we're going to get a live tip today. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, up with something. Yeah, for real. I, uh, dude, tell so yeah, tell me a little bit about like all the start because back when you were just selling mm-hmm. and now it's into ownership and you just baseline, I feel like anything you touch, you just, you take it to its fullest and I love it. I look up to that. Well, it's, uh, at the end of the day, we were always taught, like, hey, like, growing up, I grew up, like, swinging hammers and, like, working construction. Yes. Right? And we were always taught, like, hey, no matter what happens, you can always be the hardest worker in the room. Yeah. And so we kind of just took that for, like, my, my family just kind of takes that on our shoulders. Like, hey, no matter what the situation is, you can take it with a smile and be the hardest worker in the room. Okay. And Comes that, from family. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And that, that's something that I learned from, I mean, swinging hammers with my dad being miserable in the winter, like, thinking this is awful. Right? Okay. But yeah. you, you, learn those, you learn those lessons. And... I came back from a mission, went and sold, did okay. I didn't do anything crazy exceptional um, my first year, year and a half. But after that, that's when I started really taking take it more serious. I'm like, okay. hey, like, I'm actually really good at this. I need to stop thinking of this as a summer sales gig, right? Like, a like when am I going to get into my real career? I wanted okay. to originally trade on Wall Street. Um, so it was a means to an end, right? Got but it. then it got to the point where I was like, hey, this turned out to be way better than I thought. Like, making good money, coming in. I, you can say part-time, full-time summers, right? But like the rest of the year is yeah, somewhat yeah, yeah. off. And it just got to the point where it was like, hey, I need to go start diving into this full-time because if I can go make, let's say, 350 grand in a summer, imagine what I did if, if I did this full-time. Full-time. Then we switched to different different industries, which was way more lucrative. And it just kind of from that point Al- on. Like alarms and so, like smart home yeah. stuff to solar. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. And so <laughs> we went and... Uh, went and joined a big solar company had a good experience there but mm-hmm. learned a lot to where it was like hey like there's people that are here that are really good at their work but i feel like we can go execute our craft a little bit differently on our own and so we went from 30 reps to to 400 reps now wow right and the company has 1500 and so wow. now it's just working with your best friends that have the same vision as you they go execute at the same level as you and then at that now it feels a little bit more like play than it does like work, Way but cool. it's because we're all going in the same direction and just work hard and, and enjoy what we're doing, man. Okay. Yeah. So because of that same vision, I mean, <clears throat> when it comes to, I don't even know, maybe you don't even have to recruit anymore because I feel like, you know, you find like-minded people, but if you are recruiting or somebody comes along, what's something that you look for? That's a great question. Um, anybody's in this industry where we, it's almost like a, I'll gobble up anybody. I'll take anybody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's the wrong mentality to have. Like okay. I spent too much time trying to sift through the wrong people to try to find the diamond in the rough rather right. than dude, if you're searching for diamonds, don't go look in the rough. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. And so, and so it's like, Hey, I'm okay with having 10% of the, of the bodies that I had 
doing this over here as long as i know those 10 or can pull me through the finish line okay. you know what i mean and it's almost like you're you're looking for your thoroughbreds rather than you're just looking for the entire herd okay um and it's uh when you start doing that and that's also the same as sales like it's not just recruiting it's sales like the more you spend time with your actual client and that's when you're looking for rather mm -hmm. than trying to sift through this massive massive net no find a smaller net that's able to and just more concentrated mm -hmm. and you'll have way better success doing that and recruiting was no different like the minute we found our our head guys where at first it was three now it's 14 right and we teach them the same thing like dude don't just go after anybody go find after go after people awesome. that think like you do go after the ones that are ambitious <clears throat> competitive hardworking, can have a normal conversation right are, are somewhat communicative that we can work on those i want to go find the ones who have natural talent in that and go exploit that natural talent mm, like i'm not in the business of making bad into good i'm in the business of making good into great better yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. okay Dude, I freaking love that. It's almost like finding your own niche within the sales world. Yeah. I guess, you know? Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. um, I want to hit on this for a second because I feel like you and I both connect and I've loved your posts on this. Is you did do, I don't know, a few classes, semesters, whatever at BYU. Uh huh. Right? Yep. I did a few, uh, like a semester and a half at UVU. I'm probably going to get some slack for this. I, it, we've gotten to a point in this world where I don't feel like going to, a university is the be all end all mm -hmm. or the only route for success. Correct. Now I do have a lot of friends that are in school right now. I commend you. That's great. I feel like, especially like med school, maybe being a lawyer, certain things that I feel like require a lot of, a lot of education sure. makes sense. Sure. But what was that point for you? Because I can relate to this where you were like, I just want to go chase what I want to chase. And when did you realize that you could go chase that success and not have to have that paper, that degree? Yeah, good question. Um, it kind of came down to two things. I School is never hard for me. Okay. Like school always came easy. I always enjoyed learning, right? right. But I almost did it more to please my teachers than I did to, to learn. And so I would go purposely go get good grades and not learn a dang thing, but I would get really good grades, right? So I'd, I wouldn't retain any of it. Okay. <laughs> and um, it got me far enough to where I got into the business school. It was a really good pivotal moment for me where I was like, hey, I'm in kind of a thing. Yes. Right. Nothing like this fraternity feel, but it was like, hey, I'm in. Like I've looked forward to this my entire life. Yep. And I get in and I'm still like working my butt off sales, all this other stuff. I, I go into the, the Mary school business with one A minus, right? I did everything I could like busting my butt with credits mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I needed a scholarship. Right. I was like, Hey man, like I need to do, and I didn't get anything. And that, that was the other point where I was like, you know what, if I am going to work six times more to get a marginal difference of 10% in my grade, that makes no sense in business ever, mm. right? You know what I mean? That makes zero sense. It's That's like, huge. Yeah. And so I was like, no, I'm not going to go do that. C's get degrees, right? So at that True. point, I was like, hey, I'm going to stop focusing on pleasing my teacher. And I'm going to focus on learning. And at the moment, I got to the point where I felt like my skill set was outpacing my learning ability in a school setting. I was out. And, mm. and it got to the point I was talking to one of my teachers, right? Um, really, really cool dude. And I was kind of talking to him like, hey, man, I own four businesses, I own a lot of real estate. I, I work, I have two sales teams that we do millions of revenue every single year for this current company. What is my next move? I've got, I've got 15 credits left. What do you think? You went to your teacher for this. Yeah. I love this. Yeah. And he was one, he was like, this sounds awful. He was one of the ones I actually respected because he had a lot of real life experience. Okay. And he's yeah. like, dude, why are you here? My professor told me this. Wow. And he's like, dude, why are you even here? Like we try to get everybody to start a business, go into sales or go off and do their own thing. You've been doing it for the last two years. Why are you still here? And that wow. was the that was the other part. I was like, 
prick, you're right. You know what I mean? But then I was also forced into it to where you remember when my, my wife, after she gave birth, she couldn't walk. Oh, you remember yeah, that for, yeah, nine, yeah, for nine months? She had okay. like this weird paralysis in her yep. legs. And so she couldn't walk. I was in school full time, taking 15 credits, running two oh, sales wow. teams, four businesses, all this other stuff. I was stressed, man. And I was like, hey, I can't do this. I went into, into BYU and I'm like, hey, is there any way I can finish online? Mm. And they basically told me no. And I was like, at that point, I'm like, hey, you know, I'm going to be the most proud, uh, hypocritical cougar you guys have ever met. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but at that point, I kind of made the pivot. I'm like, hey, this really, it was the, it was the nail in the coffin. Right. I was like, hey, I've been debating on dropping out because it. it probably makes more sense to do so. And that was the, the, the drop in the bucket. I was like, yep, this is, this is the right move. Amazing. I just have to relate because very similarly, I was sitting in classes. I always knew what I wanted to do. I think that there's a piece of that in the athletic realm or sports medicine realm. They wouldn't put me into any sports medicine classes because I had to do all of my generals, which I, I get, but that I got my own opinion on that. Right. And then to, in order for me to like switch around classes and do other things, there was all these different signatures and different fees. And I remember one day I was like, no, this isn't, this isn't it. You know, I don't even really care to be here and I know what I want to do. So I'm going to go chase that. Yeah. And I think that's huge. Yeah. I don't think there's a knock on general education. I think it's good for society for us to become educated. I think, right. I think the problem is, is where we think that university is the solution for it. Absolutely. Right. And, and dude, you've learned more by having people on a table than you ever did in class. True. Right. I learned more from getting my face kicked in on the doors than I ever did learning in class. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And so there's, there's just different things where we, the, the natural, grandfathered solution is hey go to school right because that's what worked for our parents and grandparents and all this stuff mm -hmm. which is mm -hmm. fine for them but i'm not okay with the kind of lifestyle that a school can provide mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. which i'm not knock again knocking on it some people right. are okay with the four-year degree go make 70 a year and like and they'll live a happy life that way that's awesome i'm not engineered that way right i'm like dude i can't do that i'm always fidgety i'm always got to do something different mm -hmm. and just it wasn't the right vehicle to get me where i wanted to go and i would argue there's a lot more people like that especially with like general education on YouTube, like, like Google, yes. all this other stuff. You can go like my generals. I never went to gen my general classes. I never went really because I would go look crash course online on YouTube and go study that way. I'm like, Hey, I can go get a 15 minute, it's a like, 15 minute video and speed it up 200%. I could be done in seven minutes or I can listen to this person that I don't even know. I'm never going to respect in that field because I'm not going into that field. Right. right? And so I'm like, nah, it's, it's not for me. So I learned okay. how to hack my, like one thing that school did teach me is I learned how I learned best. It's like, dude, I, I learned quick. I learned kinesthetic. I learned hands-on mm -hmm. rather than in a book. You know what I mean? Yep. And so it's, it's not a one solution fits all. In this today's society, we want a one solution fits all thing, and it, it doesn't right. work that way. Life doesn't work that way. I don't know if it's a convenience thing or what, um, but I think hitting on it that exactly, everybody learns differently. So in relation to success, how do you define success because like you just said, and again, not knocking at this, somebody might be okay with their degree and where they head and what happens with that degree and others want to chase the next level. How do you define success and what it means for you to, I don't know, keep chasing or not? I, for, uh, yeah, my definition is going to be very different. I think it's a pretty yeah. subjective thing, but totally for me, it's, are you, and I think it depends on your role too. Like when okay. I was selling, it's like my success depends on if, do I make good money this year so I can go take care of everything else? Okay. Now it's, hey, do my managers have enough money coming in to where they can kind of take care of it, them? Like when I was just selling, it was like, hey, I've got my mouth and my wife's mouth to feed. You know what I mean? Right, and right. Then, then my kid. Now we have 1,400 people we have to go feed. That's a right. very different focus of success. That, okay. So I think it goes it transcends over time depending on what you're doing. Now it's like, hey, are we pivoting our, 
or position myself, like my personal success, am I better a year from now than I am now? Right? Am I better a month from now than I am now? What are my inputs that I'm putting in now to give me a better outcome for what I want to go to achieve? Right. Okay. Like one of my best friends is one of those dudes. He, he works for Microsoft. He's he's comfortable in his position. He's yeah. he's literally one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. talk all the time. And I would never knock on his lifestyle because that's what he's cool with. He's like, Absolutely. dude, I'm cool with the I'm cool with the older truck and the home and still spending my time with my kids. And that's success to him. And that's awesome. I'm so yep. happy he's found yep. it. That's not success to me. So my definition of success is, am I feeling like I'm doing, am I empowering others to go do good rather than just like, hey, like I love my wife, I love my kids. And that is incredibly empowering to me to see them succeed or whatever it is, right? Will I be with them? Mm-hmm. But I feel like there's just an innate thing with me. It's like, no, nah, man, I got I to gotta make a different, bigger dent in other ways too. Okay. okay. And that's my success. Like, hey, what's the dents you're making? Are they going the right in the right direction? Got it. I love that. And I think you're spot on with, again, that's why I wanted to ask you, everybody's going to define success differently and how it works for them. Going back to just the general piece of, I mean, you being an entrepreneur and I don't know if again, chasing the next level and constantly putting a dent in people's lives or however that is, where did it start? And you mentioned kind of family, but wanting to always chase and grind because you're, you're right. You just said it. You're always doing something. You always got to try something else. Like (laughs) where does that come in? You know? Um, I think a part of it came as like a superiority complex of growing up in my household, okay. right? So Are you the, the oldest? I'm the oldest. I'm the oldest. Um, okay. so you get it, right? There's yeah. a little <laughs> bit of a natural tendency there. Yeah. But I remember growing up and, and I saw how hard my dad worked, right? He grew up on a farm then went to, into owning his own company. And he was a four in the morning till nine o'clock at night. No excuse mentality, right? Okay. Hey, you got to put food on the table. And he slaved away for us, man. And it, and I saw how often he was gone. Okay. And I don't necessarily knock on that because it's the sacrifice he had to make at that time. Mm-hmm. But I was like, dude, I'm never going to live that lifestyle. So I think that was like the innate thing that made me think like, hey, I need to go figure out a way to have this thing run on its own. Mm, right? Smart. Because a business doesn't define a whether you're the successful businessman. Is can you step away and have that thing still run? Then you're a successful businessman. Right? And I think that tendency came when I – dude, I was – when I was really young, like that entrepreneurial kick came when I was really young. This is going to sound really bad. I probably shouldn't admit this nope. on camera. Nope. Um, uh, <laughs> Authenticity. That's what we're about. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll, we'll let it out there. So when I, when I was a kid, I would go crazy. Have you ever heard, of, ever heard of the game World of Warcraft? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I played that like crazy when I was a kid. Okay. And I would literally create characters, have something called a glider. It's basically a way to go hack its way to go max level. And then I'd go sell that character off for... Uh, at times 1500 bucks I was on like, world of warcraft yeah 100 percent. and so i'm like he's I'm, doing sales in a game <laughs> yeah so, you know, so I'm, I'm i'm literally flipping characters like and i'm at school and this thing's running itself on its own i'm like destroying my parent parents wi-fi and all their computers probably virus all over the place right and so but i'm making 1500 bucks a flip right my parents had no idea i was doing it, all cash right it's crazy and so it's like at that point i was like hey it's completely illegal don't do that yeah. um completely illegal like ip things like we actually had a, a tussle after my mission about it was kind of crazy oh that's but wild. that's where i started i was like hey like there is value out there that people want to pay for and then if you can go create that service create the value and create the value people will pay for it people don't want to spend hundreds of hours in front of a computer to go get what they can go buy for 1500 bucks right right but i had that the i had the capability of creating that and like that was just one of the few things when i was first growing up where i was like hey i can make good money doing something very different than 
what most people think like go be a lifeguard go do these different things mm-hmm. i'm like mm-hmm. dude i i worked 30 minutes for 1500 bucks you know what i mean <laughs> i was like dude that, that and that's where it created that kick and i spent most of it like at the arcade you know what i mean right. so it's like i did right. nothing with it um but that's where it kind of came into play where i was like hey like there's more out there that people want to pay for and it's kind of crazy dude money is infinite mm-hmm. like banks mm-hmm. create in money out of nowhere why can't we and I, that's kind of where that, that, that thought process came in. Where I was like, wow. hey, I'm going to go illegally create characters and sell them online. How old are you? Uh, 16. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah. So I'm I like, Blizzard ever sues me. In the, uh, they tried to before, but <laughs> or not. Like, they, 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 they cease and desist kind of thing. Okay. But, uh, okay. Yeah. Dude, that's they, yeah. That's kind of where it got started. Okay. Good yeah. for you, though. So, I mean, at least then, if anything, you knew you had a talent or ability to sell and create. And I want to yeah. talk about that for a second. Um, do you feel like you have to be, or have some type of creative part to you to be successful? Like, and what I'm, I'll expound on that is as far as I feel like in finding success, there is a creative journey with that. I feel like you have to, I don't know what other word to use. I'm going to keep saying it, but you have to get creative with your path because anybody could go down the same path. And we could talk about hard work. We could talk about motivation. We could talk about your growing up or your innate ability to do so. But there are times where I feel like you have to be creative in getting to the next level. I think that creativity can become innate by just hanging out with the right people, though. Because I would argue that that would be correct. If you're in a group of five people, you need to go be that outlier to get to that next level. Okay. However, if you go... hang out with five people that are two levels higher than you, that that creativity is going to become a natural process. Like that just becomes part of you too. So I think that, um, I think there is an essence of creativity where with entrepreneurship and different things there. But I also think that dude, some of the best entrepreneurs that I know are some of the most dull people on the planet. Really? And it's not that they're not creative. It's just that they went and ripped off something that was a little bit better off of somebody else that actually was creative. Mm -hmm. Like the most, if if you look at the most empowering business minds of our time, Mm -hmm. Bill Gates is probably the most, imp- and Elon Musk, I would argue, are probably the most innovative, creative types. Okay. But I wouldn't say Steve Jobs was. He's got his stuff from Steve Wozniak. He just had the better vision. Yes. But, and, cre- and created more with that vision with rather the- than the product, right? Okay. So I think that there's a little bit that we can take into that ourselves too, where if you're not a creative person, that's not an excuse not to go dominate. It's go go mimic something that's really, really good that you can go, that, that jives really well with your natural talents, go copy that. Mm. Like, dude, we're in a copy and paste society, true. right? And it's like, hey, we can go do that and just do it a little bit more effective. You're going to do really well. Like um, in creating your business, I imagine you didn't have to go on this crazy guru venture two weeks in Tahiti, right? To figure right. it No, it's like you saw what worked, you replicated it and you did it. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And then as time goes on, like, like we, we learn about like the triangle tr- uh, offense of like the NBA, right? That, that Phil Jackson applied. Mm-hmm. He didn't create that. He just hired on the right people that, that created it and he implemented it better. Yes. So I would say it's a more of a, like succeeding in business and in entrepreneurship, whatever, is more of a master, mastering of the implementation. Not necessarily the creativity. Because there's always going to be people like, what what's the saying? The wealthiest place in the world is a graveyard, right? Because most that's where most ideas go to die. Uh, creatives like ideas will always be out there truth there's very few of us that are willing to go act on those ideas yep right it's almost to the point now where like i'd rather go pay someone else to go come up with that stuff because that's not my mentality like I, it's more about execution so go find the, the action and the stuff like that to go yeah okay dude that is wild 
that puts a whole new, I don't know, perspective to things. I love that. I want to, yeah, we don't have to be very smart. No, th- no, no. Thankfully. <laughs> That's good. That's good. And I do like your whole like copy and pasting really funny. I just thought of something. I remember growing up when you'd have a sibling that would copy you and it just drove you wild. Mm-hmm. My dad one time was like, who do you look up to? You know, I don't, let's just use Michael Jordan, whatever. He's like, you're trying to copy what he does. You look up to what he does. Your siblings are doing no different, right? Mm -hmm. And in the world of business and creativity, it's true. We all see something that works. We want to chase success. And it's you still, at the end of the day, I feel like put your personality to it, your creativity, and the people you surround yourself with. Yeah, and I think that that, that's your trademark, right? Because people look at you that, dude, look what they created. I copy and pasted most of it. Mm. And then I just had my own little personality to it. It's just here and there. And there are things that I did better than the original owner or creator. Mm. Just because of my talents are different than theirs. Right. And then it makes it look like you did it. When in reality, it's not that complicated, man. Right. And it's just, hey, like, is your implementation a little bit better than the next guy? And are are you surrounding yourself with the right people? Like I said, elevating your group that you're hanging out with. It's a natural part of the progression. And if you do that, then again, like the implementation, the creativity, all that stuff is somewhat of a byproduct. The next person can find success from you by copying you, I mm-hmm. guess you could say. Yeah. And, and I hope they do. Right. It's like, dude, like at one point, is there like, there's a lot of narcissistic business people out there. Mm-hmm. They're like, it's my way or the highway. It's like, no, nah, man, I want people following me to go find what I did and find what I did wrong and go adapt faster than I did. Make it better. Yeah. And dude, go learn from my mistakes. Yep. I'm trying to learn from their mistakes. So I'm going to go succeed faster than they did. Right. They spent two years doing the wrong thing. I'm not going to go do the wrong thing, but I'm going to go spend two years doing the wrong thing somewhere else. So I hope mm. that hopefully as time goes on, we're inspiring business leaders and, and entrepreneurs everywhere to think like, Hey, like I'm not going to go make that mistake. Brent's having this, this success at your t- 28 years old, 29, 29. Okay. 29 you and I both. <laughs> yeah. So it's like oh, Brent's having the success at 29. How do I go have it at 25? And it's your job mm. to go make that happen for them or inspire them to go help them do that. You know what I mean? That's huge. Yeah. Geesh. This has got my, my wheel spinning over here. I love that <laughs> dude. Um, I want to touch base getting into more of your, uh, your finance Friday and, and mostly your piece in giving back, you know, mm-hmm. today, what would you say is your number one piece of advice for financial wealth? Let's go with financial wealth. Not even just success or joy, happiness, whatever. Financial wealth. I think it's um, it's a series of steps, okay. right? Because like fitness and these other things, it's like, dude, I don't need to become a sub-massage therapist to take care of everything. Mm-hmm. I have you for that, right? And, and But there are things that everybody are going to is going to have to deal with at one point or another. Health is one. Finances is an inevitable thing that everyone has to deal with. Right. Regardless of what economic, race, sex, whatever it is, everyone's got to deal with that. Yep. So that's something I would say. It's like, hey, if you're going to have to inevitably face something like health, fitness, um, or finances or stuff like that, it's, it, it, it will pay dividends to go spend some time learning about those things. Yes. So the first thing I would recommend is find a way to double your income. Regardless of whatever it is, you can make 15 grand a year, 150 grand a year, 1.5 million a year. Find a way to double it. Okay. Um, when you do that, obviously life's just going to get way different at that point, totally. right? But still maintain your same living standards. Okay. Right. So you're not usually there's like a lifestyle creep that happens, mm-hmm. right? And at one point that's okay. Not right now. Not in the first five years of building wealth. Double your income. Maintain your same living standards. Use that difference, right? So let's say you're making 50 grand a year. Now you're making a hundred grand. Okay. Live like you're still making 50 mm. and use that extra 50 and go invest it in assets that will pay you every single month. 
So that way it doesn't matter if you have a client on a table, it doesn't matter if you're in school, it doesn't matter if you're at your kid's soccer game or if you're in the emergency room. You've got other things that are paying you outside of the 50 grand or now the 100 grand that you're earning, mm. right? And as you go and, and then just rinse and repeat that as many times as you can throughout your life. So now it's like, hey, I went from 50 grand to 200 grand. Now I need to go from 100 grand to 200 grand. Okay. while living a hundred grand lifestyle mm. and then go invest that difference of that extra hundred grand into assets again where the, the fun thing is those assets are build, accumulate and build up and, and then rinse and repeat right so that way it's like hey now i'm making 200 grand now how do i go make 400 grand buy me and maintain that 200 grand lifestyle like again the creep will happen naturally and that's right. not a problem it's when it outpaces all the earnings that you're making right and so that would be my biggest recommendation is double your income as often as possible Right, like just just rinse and repeat that as much as possible. Maintain your same living standards, and then use that difference and invest it in assets. My favorite's real estate okay. that pays you every single month. So that way, there there's just a different. You can perform on a very different level in your active income, like your career, when you don't have to worry about the money coming in. Okay, like that's because of the assets that you've invested in, and the, hey, like this is taking care of my base. Because well, this is taking care of my base. I don't have to worry about forcing myself into a corner unless I want to because it's fun, right? It's like, dude, we there's like a fight or flight syndrome that happens when we're forced mm -hmm. into a corner. It's like, hey, we're either going to fight ourselves out of it or we're going we're, we're gonna to die in the corner. Human tendency usually allows us to go fight our way out of the corner. Mm -hmm. And so by forcing yourself to find a way to double your income, by, but by living in those low standards and then investing it, the rest – your, your lifestyle doesn't change your first three first one to three years. But after that, it starts to compound. Like, hey, that corner that seems so detrimental and dangerous and scary. We're out of it. Yeah, we're out of it. And we're good. And I actually don't have to worry about going to work and worry about my my raise or my you know all this other stuff. I've mm. got this other stuff that's taking it's care still of working. me. Yeah. And that's where wealth is built, right? Because like Warren Buffett says it best. Like, dude, if you have to worry about the nine to five, you're going to work till the day you die. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? it's That's just, again, there's people that are okay with that. That just doesn't, it, it never drive well with the way yep. I think. Yep. Yeah. I, I definitely picture you more of a, a working smarter, not harder, you know? And I think that there's a, a major piece of that, and there are people that, are, that would agree with that. Yeah. Um, I want to touch a little bit, side note, on just like an abundance mindset. And I, I had I had this happen just a few weeks ago, and so it got me thinking a ton about just investments, and maybe that's a, a bigger word for this, but any type of investment. Mm -hmm. Dumb example, dumb story. Lexi and I have a tankless water heater. We didn't have a water softener yet and it needed maintenance. The guy tells me over the phone, hey, long run, if your tankless water he heater goes out, it's gonna cost you this much. Why don't you get a water softener and pay this much, okay? So that down the road, you're not paying this much. Yeah. The thought that came to me is sometimes we're too scared to like invest in something in the moment that we don't realize how much it's actually gonna save us in the long run. Do you feel like that's a major piece of like just gaining and okay, there's a lot of people that aren't spenders. Yeah. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, more saving than spending. But yeah. sometimes worrying more about the saving actually hurts the long-term spending. Yeah, man, totally. And it's it's actually a really ill mindset. And that's one thing, because there's a lot of people out there that are like that. Mm -hmm. And I think all of us have a slight tendency of that. Like, hey, right. here's my nest egg. I can't touch it. Right. My, myself included. But it's like, dude, we're at an all-time inflationary market where it's like, dude, every $1,000 you keep in the bank is losing $100. 20 grand a year it's insane so it's like people can say hey i'm going to save all they want it's like dude that thing's going down every single year that makes zero sense mm. none at all you know what i mean and so it's 
uh, the, I'm going to botch the quote. I can't remember it exactly, but it's like, hey, um, investing in specific like technology. I think it was Henry Ford, if I remember right. Okay. He was saying like, hey, I'd rather invest in technology and not need it than I'm eventually going to pay for it even if I don't have it anyway. Okay, right. Right, because if I don't have the things that I actually need to go execute at a high level, I'm actually paying for it just by the lack of production that's coming from it afterwards, mm. right? For example, in your business, if you had a very specific piece of equipment that you needed, but you didn't buy it, mm -hmm. you are going to pay for it by the lack of what you could charge your clients for a specific thing that you could, for an experience 100%. they could get. You know what I mean? So you're going to pay for it regardless, whether it's by cash or by lack of uh, opportunity, you're mm. going to pay for it anyway. So I would invest in, in, I would invest in those things, make sure everything's like your base is set, right? You make sure everything's in, in accordance off of the get go as much as you can. Right. Because at the end of the day, it's like, dude, these are little dividends that will pay massive payouts over the long haul. It's no different than waking up every morning. Like, do you want to go to the gym or not? Because mm. yep. you, you know what I mean? It's like, hey, it's, it's the compounded years of that that make the difference rather than the just, it's the, it is a daily grind. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But it's those, it's, if you don't act on it, you're going to pay for it later on anyway. So you might as well pay the small price now rather than the lack of what you would be paying. It's, it's even worse when you see another friend that went and paid that price. And now you see where they're at, like, freak. Right. right? And I say that in experience, too, because yeah. I've had buddies that did that. You know what I mean? And it's like, dude, like, we all, I missed on that opportunity. I need to learn not to do it again. Yep. Yep. I, dude, I want to hit on that. You literally nailed that. When I was first starting my business, I had a, a, a few phone calls with a, a business mentor. And one of my questions was, do I continually build my business over time with the certain tools or different things that I have, right? And, or do I do it right now? And she said, if you were a contractor and you showed up to the, the house site or whatever with the toolbox and some nails, but claimed that you were this contractor, you're going to build this house. Like, no, show up with everything you've got, give your best service. And it, it all goes from there. Yeah. And it's like, I learned this from my dad, literally like he, he, he was custom construction. Yeah. All right. Framing. And did one you know, th I did that growing up, by the way. What's Actually, that? Too. I did that too growing yeah, up. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah, it sucks. It's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of work. Yeah, it is. Um, they love it. But my dad gets uh, like a lot of pride when seeing that it, it's art to him. Truth. He sees this thing like that started out as a foundation. Now he, there, there's there's an actual home there. Yep. Right. At least the, the, the wood is up. Yep. And uh, growing up, he would get the biggest thrill of seeing that. The, like if, usually in these developmental neighborhoods, there's a bunch of homes going up at the same time. Mm -hmm. He would purposefully get the last bid and then build it faster than everybody else. Uh -huh. And that's how he got his business because everyone, dude, if you're building a home, you're going and seeing that thing once a week. Like, hey, what's the progress? You have no idea about anything about construction, but you're like, hey, this is actually coming together. But then they see like, oh, that neighbor, dude, they, they just started and now they're done. Right. That's but huge. it's because my dad could roll up with the crews and the trucks and all this other stuff. He had the right tools at his disposal mm. so he could go execute at such a better, efficient way. so much faster than many, many, many other um, people out there and it's the small things right like like at the end like he would ha have my brother my like like child labor or laws right coming into play he would have us go <laughs> clean up the, the the job sites after every day okay and i'm like dad why are we cleaning up the job sites because you're just going to get it dirty tomorrow again it's even going to get worse uh, why why am i sweeping the dust and all this stuff like dude, it's going to get worse in eight hours from now why am i here this yep. is awful i'm rinsing repeating i'm on a hamster wheel this does nothing yep. and he taught me he's like the funny thing is is the homeowners always come after we leave and if they can go to your neighbors and see this place is an absolute mess versus when they come to my property and they see my process and it's absolutely pristine and clean mm -hmm. 
and we're kicking everyone else's butt at our time in our timelines, I'm going to get business for years. And that was his strategy. Simple, right? He cleaned up and built it fast Yep. and he killed everybody. You know what I mean? And so it's like, we can all do those different things. Like not all of us may have the tools. May, not, may all of us may not have the table and the, and the Theragun and all this other stuff that go get us started. But it's, it's use what you have, do what you can, start where you are. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's every, something that all of us can, can at one point or another control. Yep. It's like, Hey, I may not have a lot. I may only have a tool, a toolkit, right. but it's my job to get as many tools from this toolkit as possible. Go build up that arsenal. So that way I'm not missing opportunities later on down the road because I just held on to my toolkit mm-hmm. rather than invested in myself and invested in my craft. Love it. Yeah. Give your best work with whatever you got. Yeah. And, and make it go from there. Yeah. Make it, dude, if you're sweeping the streets, you're, or you're, or you're building businesses, do the, do the best that you can. Love it. Yeah. I mean, cause at the end of the day, it's like, there's a pride factor in that. And I think that's one thing that's lost in today's society is we don't take as much pride in our work as we should, mm-hmm. but it's because we don't give our full effort as much as we should. Yep. And yep. it's outside of the money, man. Like, dude, the money can be great. It could also be not great. Kind of depends. Right. But it's the pride factor, man. It's like, we're built to build. We're built to grow. We're built to produce. Yep. That's what we're engineered to do. And I think part of the pride factor comes in with just caring. Caring about your craft, caring about what you do, caring about the people you're serving and the people that are around you. Yeah. Just freaking care about what you do. You know, it goes a long way. Yeah. Um, dude, this is awesome. Great freaking tons of gold nuggets. Um, I got one more question for you. As far as success, and I feel like we've hit on some of these points already, what do you think is probably the, the number one trait to have? Whether it's and maybe that's the wrong the wrong word, but is it the motivation? Is it even just being consistent about your craft? Is it constantly learning? Is it just putting yourself around other successful people? What do you feel like is the number one thing anybody seeking to, you know, they've got this big goal and dream. Where do you start with? And what do you, what do you keep taking with you? Yeah. Courage and discipline. Courage and discipline. That's it. Cause it's, it's, everybody's going to get to the point where it's like, Hey, they're going to have to take a leap where it's going to get scary. You had to do it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. To be able to go do what you're doing. And it's right. like, dude, you have to go take that leap. That takes courage. And that deters 90% of the people that are going to go do it anyway. Yes. You know what I mean? And so it's like, have the courage to be able to do it and, and then develop the discipline to be able to carry that through. You look at anybody that's successful in any craft. You look at sports, you look at business, you look at life, you look at literally anything. The people that are at the pinnacle of their game have those two things in common. They have the courage, they have the discipline. You talk about Michael Jordan, you're going to tell me he wasn't courageous or disciplined. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You talk about Kobe, right? You talk about, dude, I mean, we're in the NBA finals right now. It's like, dude, you're looking at these people, and it's like, dude, that dude is disciplined, and he had the courage to be able to go make it happen. Yep. Right? And it's and that's everywhere. That doesn't just apply to business. That's I starting agree. a family. That's, dude, and you got to go attack that with, like, dude, I, there's a lot of unknown in this world. Yep. But I know what I know. Mm-hmm. And that's enough for me to be able to go take on to that next leap, go, go into that next, next step. And if you can go build the discipline as your foundation, then the courage becomes like a fun game, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, Hey, I can always fall back and be okay. Cause I know where my base is because of my discipline. I'm at where I'm at because of what I've done, but I'm okay with taking these extra leaps because I know that 95% of other people won't. Yep. Um, so develop the discipline of, of, of taking care of your foundation and, and then the courage behind it, be able courage. to go pursue different things. And be okay to fail. It's like, dude, like, yes. like, it's, it's in t- like, this sounds probably awful, but my employees, like, I'm in charge of, like, growing the company, like, whether recruits or lead funnels or different things. 90% of the things that we come up with don't work. Which, if you were to look at that off a productivity standpoint, it's like, dude, like, you're wasting 90% of your time. Well, that 10% of your time that actually works pays 
20x the others that makes this all go yep. run, run circles you know what i mean so it's it's being okay with hey i'm okay with the 10 out of uh, one out of 10 yep. and making better decisions over time so it's two out of 10 and then three out of 10 and they're just bettering over time Dude, that doesn't change the courage and discipline doesn't change courage discipline and i feel like uh, an ounce of confidence to start and the courage and discipline are what carry that confidence forward yeah you know what i'm saying or build that confidence mm-hmm. man thank you thanks for being here Absolutely. one more one more how's the car <laughs> the car the car's great man dude i love it the car the car's so fun she's uh it was actually really fun um when we first got it, i went and took my grandparents for a ride really yeah and that was wild man <laughs> they were dude I, they, they love it it was both sides but it was a lot of fun man and it's i've always wanted a fun sports car i'm an aston martin guy okay but when i got that it's 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 a lot of fun do you it's feel like cool. that that was a major piece to your like, was that like a highlight of like, wow, not necessarily the whole, again, I made it thing, but like a highlight of, man, I've gotten to this point in my life. This was one of my goals. This is one of my dreams, you know? Yeah. I think, um, if I could go back and change, um, like Monday's my birthday, right? I'm literally okay. coming up with like the, Hey, the last 10 years, this is what you should have done different list. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I wish I would have done a little different is enjoy the fruits of your labor a little bit more than you do. Because okay. I was always like, dude, I'm going to go make a ton of money as much as I can. I'm going to go give it all back to investments. Mm. I'm going to live like a church mouse. And, and there's an extreme, I did it to an extreme and I wish that I would have enjoyed the moments of the, the fruits of my labor a little more during it. And people are going, well, you can retire faster doing it this way. It's like, I'm okay with working an extra three years to go enjoy the 30 that I'm going to work Yep. or the 20 I'm going to work. I'm okay with that. And so go enjoy the things that you're doing and go enjoy the future of labor a little bit more. And that was one of the things I was like, Hey, I've always wanted this. My wife's like, why aren't you doing this? Mm. You work way too hard and you stress way too much. You do all these different things. Go do something for you. And that was the first purchase that I made. That was like, Hey, like this is strictly like mine. Yeah. Yeah, Me. And it was really cool. And it was a, it was a good reflecting moment and it's awesome. I love it. It's also a car. Right. And that's the thing where people are like, do you absolutely love it? Dude, I do. And it's so fun. But but I sent this post yesterday. I actually got a lot of heat for it. Um, it was like, you can't build a McLaren lifestyle off of a Toyota mindset. Mm. But I would also caveat that to, dude, I drove a Corolla for years to go build up the ability to go do right. that. You know what I mean? And, yeah, so totally, it's, totally. and so it's like, you got to also be okay with the grime and the muck and all that other stuff too. Um, and that's okay. Because at the end of the day, dude, if, if we were to lose it all from co- company, employees, everything, car, all that other stuff, we got our bases covered, man. And that's what's important. And if, if you keep that in perspective, live in the moment when you can, but at the same time, be smart with your decisions, put money away, make sure you're taking care of your future self as well as your current self and you'll, you'll be good. Enjoy it. Yeah. Enjoy the, enjoy the process, mm-hmm. man, dude. Thanks so much for being here today. Absolutely. I appreciate all your wisdom, wisdom and Really, a lot of it comes down to, again, your own personal experience. And that's real. That's super real. So thanks for being you, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Yep.